everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, you might expect us to be talking about one thing. We'll get to it at some point. But our big topic of the day is Under the Banner of Heaven, the new TV uh, show. Yes. Ooh, on FX. Oh, we, got a, we have uh, our a, own sort of insider's take. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I figure if anybody i figure hulu's and fx are promoting the shit out of it mm-hmm. so uh we you know we gotta, you need your mormons your your yeah. resident mormons to comment you need us to chime in and we are going to and we will yeah we're not we're not going to leave you hanging like that <laughs> and we'll be getting to other stuff including that one topic that's unavoidable this week uh but first we got some stories dan yeah did you know that the Catholic Church has this like priest problem? Priests, I, meaning they don't. have priests and they're a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it, it it's it's remarkable to me. Um, you know, this is um, it's hard to 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 joke about. Yeah, you know, victims of sexual abuse and and all of that. And of course, we don't talk about that part of it. But what we do joke about is the Catholic Church falling all over itself to handle the situation correctly. And in is this that case, what they do? <laughs> is that are they druid? Are they? Yeah, I, I'm not or, sure. I'm I'm buying it or falling all over themselves to handle it incorrectly. Right. Um, that sounds closer. <laughs> uh, the Archdiocese of Cologne, that's in Germany. Everybody, it has come out that this is after they have had to deal with priest sexual abuse issues. Right. Mm. They have a fund of money that they've set aside that uh, one of the purposes of this fund is to uh, it's a compensation fund for victims of sexual abuse Mm. at the hands of priests um, in their archdiocese. Well, it has come to light that um, about one million euros uh, was spent to clear the private debts of a priest that included gambling debts. From this fund uh, that has paid out around 20,000 euros to sex abuse victims. Wow. Um, that is, that's a bad look, you guys. <laughs> You're, you, you may want to take another, uh, do, do another calibration on your... Uh, <laughs> on how you're handling this situation? How you're handling yeah. things. You might um, not have gotten it entirely right yet. I'm not sure... Yeah, especially when you throw in gambling um, debts. Um, <laughs> wow. This guy's just running amok. Um, I mean, I will say probably better having him gambling um, than other than, than things other that he could have been up to. Priestly uh, vices that we know about. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, man. Like, is this guy like hitting the slots? You know, <sighs> just like. Going down in his all his garb, you know, yeah. his might with his miter on his head, right? Um, walking into a casino somewhere and just slapping down some cash. It, oh. I, something tells me he's yeah he's not proudly sporting the collar when he hits up the <laughs> casino. I bet his bookie knows who he is. Um, yeah. Oh, they know. <laughs> They're happy. Look. When you're backed by a billion dollar organization, yeah, your credit's good here. Yeah. Um, so apparently, 
about 500,000 euro uh, was um, used uh, for clearing the gambling debts. Um, but then because it was not taxed correctly, a total of 650,000 euros in addition to the first 500,000 had to go toward income tax, including interest because it wasn't paid. So it was paid, collected, collected fines and (laughs) whatnot from the German government. Good Um, Lord. So then the, the archdiocese had to cough up that extra money, uh, not just the 500,000 because that was, wow. That would have just been sort of like a gift, right? Which it's, it was it clearly compensation. When an organization that huge and that powerful, when they have to actually pay taxes, that's, that's an amazing thing to me. Well, it was his income tax, but they also I, just decided to cover. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, oh my God, this guy, like, like what the fuck is wrong with this organization? Like, like these guys, like they can they look out no for re- their employees, Frank. They're a good, solid organization that cares about their employees. <laughs> Tell me what job I can get. That's going to cover my gambling debts, right? My horrendous out of control gambling debts. Yeah. Something tells me Amazon's not looking out for you quite the way the Catholic church is. <laughs> And all you have to do is pretend like you'll be celibate for the rest of your life. You don't have to actually do it. You just have to pretend. (laughs) Good Lord. Oy, oy, oy. That's that's frightening. That's Mm -hmm. not not acceptable. So well done, Archdiocese of Cologne. You've alienated more people. Right. Yeah, I'm sure all the Catholics out there are feeling real good about where their tithing dollars are going. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, uh, you know, you, you hinted at it. Here's the thing. You and I are uh, not the right people to talk about the leaked SCOTUS ruling mm. uh, in right. general. We are, we are not women, uh, and I think this is a time for women's voices to be amplified. Uh, we are not legal experts Correct. Uh, or anything like that. So there are other podcasts where you're going to get better analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go go to Opening Arguments. Uh, they've got a whole thing about it. Go to, you know, even Scathing Atheist had a wonderful uh, diatribe by Lucinda. Um, that's great. And I, yes, I would direct you to them. But we do got to talk about it yeah. because there's this, because, and, and I'm going to, I'm actually making this a SCOTUS twofer. Um, because the SCOTUS also had an actual ruling that is every that that is every bit as scary. Uh, not not every bit as scary for like medical outcomes for women and for you know bodily autonomy and you know, but it it does indicate exactly the same direction. Mm. So maybe I'll start with that one and then we'll build our way up to the other oh, thing, which goody. is that the uh, this was an actual ruling. Like this wasn't a leaked thing because you know as as apocalyptic as it feels the abortion thing isn't even a ruling yet that that was just a leaked uh document mm-hmm. a draft mm-hmm. but it's gonna get uh, better as they revise it it'll only get better it'll only get yeah it will <laughs> it just depends on whose version of better you're talking about <laughs> but uh yeah um the ruling that they actually did was in a case of, that involves the city of Boston, 
which the city of Boston, if you apparently they had this policy that if you had an event at City Hall, you could apply to have your organization's flag flown on the official uh, flagpole instead of the Boston city flag. Hmm. So they have three flags, fl- flagpoles. One is the uh, one, you know, one is for the United States flag. Um, one is for something else. Probably I don't the, remember. Probably the Commonwealth flag. Yeah, something. And then the third one is usually the Boston city flag. But if your organization has a banner, you can, you know, and you're having an event at City Hall, you can hoist your org's thing. Except that a Christian group uh, wanted to do that and wanted to raise the, quote, Christian flag. Oh. And Boston City was like, uh, probably not. No, uh, you can't. Because oh. they rightly argued that would be uh, the city, a, a government entity, endorsing uh, or at least seeming to endorse a religion. And we have a whole constitution about that, right? But not anymore. Not for long. Don't and you worry. guys should know better than to ask. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not that's not how we do. And we right. wouldn't, you know. Of course, we wouldn't uh, allow any other religious organization to hoist their thing either. Like right. for instance, if the Satanic Temple had an event, right. they wouldn't get to do it either. Right. Which you would be happy about. Well, correct. Uh, the group sued. Oh boy. And uh it made its way all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh and unfortunately the Supreme Court has decided incorrectly. Oh God. Um they have decided that no, it's if you're gonna have that policy, of course you should allow a religion to hoist its flag on a government flagpole. Mm. Fair so is that, fair. I mean <laughs> it's that's a that's an ugly stupid uh th- look here's the thing and this is this is uh the lead in to the other ruling to the other thing our current uh scotus our current supreme court is f- not interested in the law anymore i know they are entirely interested in and scon- in sort of skipping over the law and going and and just enshrining their politic their particular religious morality yeah. on our country and enshrining that in law. Right. That is, they, that is they, what their interest is. And where they can use law to justify it, great. And where they can't, they don't really care. They don't fucking care. Yeah. And that's what this Roe v. Wade thing, that's what this leaked draft ruling says. It doesn't say it out loud, but, you know, I listened to the opening arguments breakdown of it. It doesn't even cite any other case law other than Roe. It's not actually like, you know, in a few footnotes here and there, but it's not actually citing law. They don't give a fuck about the law. And, you know, and the way that it makes the argument uh, in, in this Alito penned screed, the way that they make their argument is is this twofold thing where it's like, you know, the, the test is, is this a historically, uh, is this a historical right that is, that has been given? And, uh, and what's the other thing? There's the two, anyway, 
So literally what they've done is laid down frameworks so that a whole bunch of things that have come about in the last 50 years will not pass this test. Obergefell won't pass this test, meaning gay marriage, the ruling for that gave everyone the right to marry who they want. That wouldn't, that definitely wouldn't pass this test. Uh, If it's not specifically in, that's the other thing. If it's not specifically in the Constitution, like words in the Constitution, and it doesn't have this deep history, then uh, then it's not a right, according to them. And uh, and so you have to, well, if it's I not, mean, if, you know, if there isn't a law that spells it out. How deep do you have to go? 50 years is pretty long. 50 years of precedent is solid. I mean, like that's... And there's been all sorts of case law based on that 50 years, and they're just throwing it away. So, uh, yes, the this will kill people. This will uh, this is a terrible decision. It will mean uh, very bad things, and um, you know, get out there and start supporting charities that will help people who need abortions get abortions. Yeah, Uh, because a whole bunch of states, including our own fine state will become a very bad place to be. Yeah. And also like we're like we have to figure out how to get the fucking vote out. <laughs> like yeah, honestly, you donate your time, donate yeah. your money. Uh we need it doesn't matter how bad the uh the democrat candidate is in your area, you still yeah. have to. Yeah. Like literally right now they just need the votes. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we, as a, as, as a block, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a registered Democrat. I don't like the democratic party. I think they're ineffectual, but we, we got to get like, we cannot allow the, uh, the, the, the right, the GOP, which is a a far worse party to take over the Senate to, to, to get, to regain power. Absolutely. It's, It's just, it would just be disastrous. Yeah, I know. It's. We're in a really tough spot right now as a country. Um, it's, and it's the us, darkest of timelines. Us on the left, um, wherever you are on the left, like this is, yeah, the, the, we are, we outnumber the, the right. I mean, and we definitely outnumber the, 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 the Christian fundamentalists. Like, yeah. like the, the people who are achieving this represent 20% of the country. And yet they're, like, they're managing. As, yeah. To to get their entire agenda, it's going. A tr- it's it's terrifying, is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of terrifying religious nut jobs. Um, okay. Hooray! <laughs> what a fun lead-in. Um, at least I guess we can say these ones are no longer members of our military. Um, this has to do with the fact that um, the U.S. military, all branches of the U.S. military, have um, required the COVID vaccine for all of their members and employees and whatnot. Right. Mm. Um, at all, all levels of rank. And, uh, and because the military historically has required, um, the troops to be vaccinated, whatever the vaccine is, they, this is not a new thing. They, no, they, they vaccinate their people. Um, it's considered, you know, you don't want your troops sick with shit. Right. Um, it's it, especially it, when it's preventable. Exactly. 
And, but nonetheless, uh, Air Force, I guess I should say former Air Force Captain Jordan Carr, former Army Major uh, Samuel Sigaloff, and former Air Force Master Sergeant Nicholas Cupper uh, recently went on to Matt Gates's podcast. Blech. Matt Gates has a podcast. Yeah, we're in the same industry as Matt Gates. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with that. We're in the same industry as a lot of people. That's true. Um, anyway, he has a, a a podcast. He's that nasty Republican uh, member of Congress um, and probable sex trafficker <laughs> from Florida. Allegedly, 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 Alle- probable, alleged. Um, Slash alleged probable. Um, Anyway, uh, they went on to talk about uh, how they feel like the vaccine mandate is a, quote, religious purge of the U.S. military. (laughs) Wow. A purge is what they think is going on here. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to know if they've just picked that word because it's uh, provocative or if they actually legitimately believe it. They probably believe it. Um, because they say uh, Carr, Jordan Carr, uh, he's the Air Force captain. He said, if you were a believer and you were listening to this podcast, you need to understand that God-fearing service members are being intentionally purged from the services. I mean, these people cannot possibly be paying attention to anything that's happening in this country. No. Um, another one of them said, it's a purposeful purge. Anyone who would disobey an unlawful order is being purged out of the military. And there is a shadow policy in place that is protecting all of these people enforcing this shadow policy. Um, apparently that guy, uh, is a, uh, is a doctor. He's a family medicine osteopath. What he's saying is that it's unlawful because military healthcare providers are administrating the uh or i'm sorry administering the pfizer vaccine that was authorized for emergency use rather than the brand named product also from pfizer that has full <laughs> fda licensure that's the community i think is what it's called but they're um, the same thing right it is literally the same thing <laughs> uh the fda has said uh the fda approved community uh, and the FDA emergency use authorized Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for individuals 12 of age and older when prepared according to their respective instructions for use can be used interchangeably to right. provide the COVID-19 vaccination series without presenting any safety or effectiveness concerns. But these guys, they are just grasping at straws, anything that they can find to object to this because yeah. The one was produced in a period of emergency use authorization and the other was produced after it had a brand name. And it's like, and And so they're okay. Are they saying they're okay with getting the vaccine as long as it has a brand name on it? Cause okay, let's find it for you. I bet you could go out and just get it and show that you did. Yeah. I mean, like, this I mean, is, what it proves is that this is all bullshit. They are literally not remotely interested in the truth of the matter. What they're interested absolutely. in is the talking points. They've been right. given this word purge. Yeah. I'm certain by some, by, you know, some right wing messaging guru. Uh, absolutely. To, yes. uh, to, to, to try and scare people. Yeah. And it's going to uh, work. Oh, totally. 
And it's just like, no, if anything, if anything, all this did was purge some nutcases out of the damn thing. Right. The other shocking thing is to say is to claim the amazing thing is to have the balls to claim that the U.S. military is going to be against religious people in any <laughs> sort in any way at all. And Christian ones at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's that's I mean, true. It if you're Sikh, sp- yeah. if you're Sikh, you, you might be able to claim that that the U.S. military is uh, discriminating against your yeah. religion, but. Now, I will say the article does not specifically say that they're Christians. <laughs> right. But they're on Matt Gates's but... show complaining about the, the vaccine. We all know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. And the guy's a fucking doctor. Yeah, I mean, the osteopathy thing's a little bit... <laughs> I know they'll give you like a cranial massage instead of giving you a prescription for allergies, but <laughs> that's like it's literally funny because, the, because a DO is actually like they get all of the legitimate medical training. Unlike yeah. say a doctor of uh, naturopathy, yeah, which exactly. is a totally yep. different thing. And they're not Correct. doctors and that's a DO is at least a doctor, but then they've yeah. got this like extra add on thing that is bullshit. And yeah. that's just for fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to talk, you know, we shit on a lot of, uh, Christians. I'm going to, why not shit on somebody Jewish for, you know, for a little spice, a little fun. <laughs> mm, this will be fun. Um, so the, uh, the anti-defamation league, the ADL has long been a, uh, basically the watchdog, a, sort of one of the go-to watchdogs of anti-Semitism. Right. Uh, and anti-Semitism is a is an, a growing and real problem here in the United States and and elsewhere in the yeah. world. Uh, Unbelievable, kind of all over the world. But yeah, you know, we we have a real special relationship with it. So you know, we need watchdogs paying yes. attention. Yes. But there's a problem, and that problem. So there's always been this bit of a of of a uh, an issue within the Jewish community, between those who want to be able to criticize Israel for bullshit that that country is doing and policies that that country has enacted, Uh and those who want nobody to be allowed to criticize Israel about anything forever, amen. Right. And uh, it turns out that the ADL is now led by a guy named Jonathan Greenblatt, who has now taken the step... You know, they've hinted at these ideas before, but he gave a speech in which he called out specific off many Jewish groups that are taking that, that are taking Israel to task for their treatment of the Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. Um, Israel, I, I, and I agree with them, I think. And so now I'm going to be on the, uh, the anti-defamation leagues shit list but the truth is that the zionist idea of like we just get all of israel and we get to treat the palestinians who have lived there for you know centuries millennia whatever uh however we want and we get to just bomb them out of existence or we get to you know colonize their their space all of this stuff they have some very ugly policies and they've treated these people incredibly badly and it's it's human rights violations Yes. Is what it is. But it's Zion. Um, yeah. Man. 
Yeah, that's it's, true. They've got a word. <laughs> so I probably it's should. theirs. Yeah, that's right. So says God. So says Jesus. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, basically what he's saying is you can't, you're not allowed to criticize any of these policies. And if you do, you're basically every bit as bad as the extreme right. Oh so he called God. out some specific organizations, including uh, Students for Justice in Palestine, Jewish Voice for Peace, which any organization that's called that, obviously they're terrible. Um, and then also the Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE, um, which, yeah, I wonder why they would be a little upset about yeah. the, uh, the Israeli treatment of Palestinians. Anyway, uh, this is the first time that uh, Anti-Defamation League has been overt in their, critis in their criticism of it. Uh, he called these groups the uh, photo negative or the photo inverse of the extreme right. He said there's no distinction. Oh, uh, my God. These kind and, of like, uh, yeah. th this, this kind of um, rhetoric, it really scares me. Right. Yeah. Cause it's it right now we're all like, I personally I'm fighting really hard from being pushed into just one camp. Right. Right. Because everything, everything right now wants to divide us between all the way over here and all the way over there. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not healthy. No, right? we, we know this. Not. We all know it's not healthy. It's not healthy for society. It's not healthy for the individuals, right? right? Like there are so many, like we get to criticize nations for bad actions. It doesn't mean we're anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic. It doesn't even mean we're anti-Israel. Exa it just means exactly. we're against these actions. We're against Ex this behavior. Thank you. Yeah. Another shade. So, of gray and in, in between the white and the black. <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> like, so it, it. And, and when you do that, when you make, when you decide that you're going to call out anyone who, who even criticizes the criticizable stuff. Yeah. You it's, it has this chilling effect on the dialogue, which is clearly by design. Yeah. They are trying to shut everyone up and, and, and make it so that it is, like literally politically untenable to make, to level these criticisms because you, because you know that you will be then accused of anti-Semitism. Yeah. It's absurd. And that's not, that's, that's not acceptable. That that's not how a, a, a democratic. No. Uh, that it, it's anti-democratic in its, it in is. its aesthetic. It, it absolutely is. And in its practice. And in its practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not a. It's just not an okay way to live your life. It's not an okay way to. Uh, when you are a political organization, yeah, not and and also should be a big tent political organization. Like this, oh, no this should yeah. be an organization for all Jews, mm -hmm. and it's very clearly uh, they're declaring themselves not to be. Yeah. Um. Here we go, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Pope Francis. He's a favorite of the show. He's the, the Pope oh. with the Mope. Yeah. You know, there's this whole war in Ukraine thing that happening right now where Russia. I've heard of it. Has, is uh, aggressing on. Well, we all know yeah. uh, what's going on. It's, it's wretched. Russia is like so unbelievably 
in the wrong. Um, yeah. it's, it, it, it's position is, is yeah, it, it's there. It, it's rough. It's, it's bad. Uh, anyway, thought the, the thing that could unite people from the left and right of these United States is a blue and yellow flag. I know. Um, but Pope Francis, uh, he is officially warned, uh, the leader of the Russian Orthodox church. That's patriarch Kirill. Kirill. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, pronounce it. however, I don't know. Do you know? Is it Kirill? I, Kirill? No, I don't know. I am, uh, I have no knowledge of Russian. Do you, do you roll the R? Is it Kirill? <laughs> Are the L's a Y sound? Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so he he says uh, he told uh, a, an Italian newspaper uh, just uh, like last week. Uh, I spoke to him for forty minutes on Zoom. The first twenty minutes, he read to me with a card in hand all the justifications for war. Wow. I listened to. I listened and told him I don't understand anything about this, brother. <laughs> you are not, or we are not clerics of state we cannot use the language of politics but that of jesus and then then he he tells the newspaper he says the patriarch cannot transform himself into putin's altar boy too late too late (laughs) also nobody wants to be an altar boy Um, Especially Putin. you guys. So you you guys are still using that phrase, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yikes! There's only one thing we think of Pope when you <laughs> when any Catholic says altar boy. Yeah. Um, I will say this: reading this article talking about Ukraine, so forth and so on, uh, it did make me realize that Putin has achieved something that was really important in this whole war thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think some credit should be given. He's officially gotten everybody uh, just by by getting Ukraine into the news so much to drop the the. It's no longer the Ukraine. Yeah, that's true. We, we that's all true. are on board. It's, you know, it's, it's cleaner, <laughs> right? Instead of it's not the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. Just Ukraine. It's cleaner. We figured it out. <laughs> Thanks, Putin. <laughs> Thanks, Putin. No, this is obviously like I... The Pope is trying, of course, to um, use his influence to try to get this, you know, ding dong patriarch um, to stop using his influence and lending credibility to Putin's war. It's not going to work. It's um, not going to work. The Russian Orthodox Church has already said that um, uh, this is regrettable. The Pope's comments are regrettable, they say. <laughs> and apparently the this patriarch guy uh, he's uh, included on a list of individuals who will be in the next round of European Union sanctions against Russia. Yeah. And the Russian Orthodox Church is none too happy about that. They said through a spokesman um, that sanctions were way out of touch with, quote, common sense. Because if there's one thing <laughs> that I credit, like, Russian <laughs> religion for it's it's being in touch with common sense common sense that's it's it's on brand right <laughs> um apparently uh he feels like this conflict he or he's framing this conflict between uh russia and ukraine which it's the wrong word conflict's wrong uh this aggression by russia and ukraine yeah. on ukraine this, this he sees it as a conflict invasion. yeah he sees it as a conflict 
that's an extension of a fundamental culture clash between the wider Russian world and Western liberal values exemplified by expressions of gay pride. What the fuck does gay pride have to do with any of this? Because <laughs> Ukraine's gay, dude. <sighs> Clearly. Have you ever seen how gay Ukraine is? <laughs> I have no idea what the state of like their LGBT uh, QIA community is. But no, uh, I doubt it's as hateful as uh, Russia is toward their community. Yeah, clearly. So clearly. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Pope, for uh, for fixing it. He, I, <laughs> I keep reading. It's funny because I keep reading headlines uh, as I do. Re- I've never I've never actually chosen one of these stories, but the Pope keeps talking about ways that he's going to work to fix this Ukraine uh, thing. Oh, and I just keep thinking, dude, you're, you've got nothing here. You're yeah. just, you're, there's nothing it's, for you to do. And it's, yeah, it's not. I, yeah. I, there, I have no ideas of what he could possibly do yeah. to fix it. Although emasculating Pope B- Kirill and saying he's an altar boy is uh that's a, that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> defies common sense but whatever all right well uh i am i the last here's the thing i got i just went to for a quick visit uh to seattle and while i was walking around in downtown seattle i saw a billboard um and this is a billboard for the show chosen um this is a, a a television program um that apparently made uh, made a little bit of history by um, successfully er- uh, raising ten million dollars to produce a show about Jesus. Oh wow! Um, it's I don't even know what network it's on or where. I guess I should know. Um, the I, the first season's available on YouTube. Don't go watch it. Uh, <laughs> is my suggestion. It and you know. I've, if nothing else, though, I will give it credit. Uh, all the people on the billboards look brown, so that's nice. At least oh. they decided to uh, to make Jesus Middle Eastern. It's a start. <laughs> uh, anyway, this billboard that I saw, it actually had, it looked scribbled out. And instead of saying, just saying the chosen, it said chosensucks.com. The chosen is boring. <laughs> what? And uh, and it here's here's what it turns out. Uh, this was their big new ad campaign. What? Their big they what they did was they put up a bunch of uh, billboards. <clears throat> We've got some here in Salt Lake for the 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 show, and then they did a new. They very secretly, very quietly put up a whole bunch of new billboards, which were the same billboards, but defaced. <gasps> of course. With, uh, with chosen sucks, S-U-X, by the way. They, 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 chosensucks.com and, uh, and uh, you know, they scr- scribbled things out and wrote the devil on it. Like, they, they took their, their Jesus guy and put a mustache and devil horns on him and stuff. Because uh, that's, that's they're persecuted, right? Like this is what this is what they imagine exactly. persecution looks like. Right? This is exactly right. 
they know their audience and their audience <laughs> loves a good persecution narrative. And they weren't getting the play that they wanted to get. They aren't get apparently the, their ratings are very stagnant. Uh, oh, no. I mean, if you go to any of the reviewing websites like IMDb or, or, or Rotten Tomatoes, it'll get amazing reviews because Christians will always go to those places and give, you know, seven out of five stars and, and just write it like it's the best produced thing in the universe. Mm, it never of course, is, yeah. of course, as right. anyone who's ever watched a show from god-awful movies will be able to tell you. Uh, but, he, yeah, it's, it is a very funny thing. I think it's semi-brilliant of them to just play into this persecution narrative, to be perfectly honest with you. But apparently it backfired some oh, because man. a lot of people were very upset about it. And the, uh, the, the, you know, the marketers of this thing did not, in fact, uh, make it clear to their viewers that this was a marketing tactic. And uh, <laughs> people got real upset. So um, Dallas Jenkins, who so is there, the, the creator no of the wink. show. There has to be a wink in this kind of thing, right? Like you, you have to be able to look at the thing and know that it's actually an inside thing. Yeah. Right? You know, in order, that's is, how you communicate it to the people. Yeah. Right? The truth like, is I, you can't I look just, at it and it's very obvious to me. Right. You can't just put eat more chicken on a billboard. Right. You have to put a cow on the billboard. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah exactly you know writing it out oh man <laughs> but no they just decided to put up a bunch of billboards claiming that their show sucks um and then so literally the uh the creator of the show dallas jenkins had to put up an apology okay. where he said i made a big mistake i just want to apologize to you who are watching and who saw those billboards as a core, passionate, loyal fan of the show and felt defensive of the show. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what you wanted to make happen. I don't think his apology is real. Mm. I, think, I think he just wanted to, like he wanted everyone to feel that righteous indignation that they obviously immediately felt. Yeah. But get some headlines. Yeah. Get and it works to some extent. About it. We're talking um, about we are it. We're talking about it. Yeah. So I didn't even know it was a show. I'd seen the billboards. I didn't know it was a show. Yeah, I I actually Googled it because of the billboards. Uh, and I found gotcha. out what it was and was like, Bleh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, I refuse to let billboards work. I will not go home and Google something <laughs> that I see on a, a billboard. I won't do it. Okay. Don't let it work. Take let your waste, stand. Let them waste their money. Yeah, that's what well. I say. Okay. Uh, anyway, there you go. Listen, if you uh, would like to see other shows advertising that they suck, uh, you can tell us about it by writing into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There is more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, it is uh, it it is political season. We're we're in a run up to some elections. 
Some uh, some primaries have already happened here in the United States. And again, we can't emphasize this enough. You got to be engaged. Get engaged oh politically. We, no kidding. It, you have to. That said, this means that some campaigning is happening out there. And uh, one of the guys who's going out and campaigning for various GOP candidates specifically is a guy named Stu Peters. That's Stu spelled S-T-E-W, like the <laughs> soup. Uh, and Stu is out there. He's he's now, he's a I guess he's a radio personality at this point. Uh, and he is a fucking nut job. And like. the thing is that the right, the nut jobs... Like the lunatics have 100% taken over the, the, the right wing asylum here in these United States. And the rhetoric that you're about to hear Stu use, uh, he's campaigning in this, in this video for Idaho Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan. This is no longer like absurd buffoonery in the American uh, political landscape. Mm. This is... This is legit, like, what people are saying. This is now legit what people are believing about the left here. And I think we should be, we need to not be dismissing it anymore. We need to be taking it uh, terrifyingly seriously. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to play it. And here we go. Today's enemy, today's uniparty rhinos and liberal Democrats and communists intentionally mutilate themselves for the sake of being transgender. So the only way that they can ever reproduce is by stealing our kids. And then filling their brains with poison. That's how they operate. And we have to call them out. These are the people who want to steal and poison and groom and yes, rape our children. They're demonic. Literally, I think some of them are actually possessed by demons. Yes. I mean, do you agree? Yes. And that might seem like shocking language. But you know what? Good. Good. I'm glad that it is. Oh, Jesus. So what you got there is someone claiming straight-faced to a crowd of people that A, everyone... so. Democrats are, uh, first off, they are um, communists. And that rhinos, meaning Republicans in name only, meaning not extreme enough right-wingers, yeah. are all in the same boat. They are all the same. And that we are all basically, I mean, he basically says we are all transgender. We are, we are, we are, purposefully, you know, choosing trans as all as as our as our new way of being, we're all doing that. And now but, that but, means but that we're in there in there is the suggestion that we we know we 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 don't we're not trans. We're just right. mutilating ourselves. Right. We're purposefully to, mutilating ourselves. Right. Uh I'm not sure what he thinks the end game of any of this is, but uh, and then that leads us to steal their children because we can't make our own. And then that leads, and then we rape them. This is the rhetoric that they are using. And they're literally, I, I'm seeing it too much for it to be silly anymore. 
Well, all it's Democrats the audi- are yeah. pedophiles. The audience is right there with them. Yeah. They're, they're chanting. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're encouraging him. They're, 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 this is, this they're is a not shocked where, to hear it. Yeah. They're it's, not booing. Right. That, that someone is accusing their neighbor who's, you know, just the, the person down the street who's just the person, you know, just a, another citizen mm-hmm. of being a pedophile, an active child murdering pedophile because they're on the opposite uh, political party. Yeah. We we need to be serious about that. That is, it's it's not a joke anymore. Like it was funny back in you know, 2014 when Alex Jones was saying that we're making the frogs gay or whatever. Like that. <laughs> then it was funny. It's not funny it, anymore. Yeah. Although making the frogs gay is still kind of funny. But that's um, why. Yeah. Why can't we get back to that <laughs> when it was just absurdities? But now the it's absurdities that they were listening. Believe. Clearly, were people were seriously listening and. We should have been terrified back then. Yeah. Because um, this has gotten out of control. This is out of hand. And it's getting to the point of being dangerous. Legitimately. Like, yeah. like, like there, there's, what's the spark that's going to light the, this, the, the, the fire that actually turns this violent. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, Yay. Yay. Uh, anyway, that's let's okay. Everyone do a cleansing breath. Uh, <laughs> I, I need a cleansing breath. Um, and then uh, we had some folks right into us. So let's uh, let's hear what they have to say. Um, Alexandra writes in to say, dear Frank and Dan and or Kate. Thanks, Kate, again for filling yeah, in thanks, last Kate. week. Um, I recently moved from the East Coast, where I lived for 10 years, back to my small hometown in Texas. Oh, why did you do that, Alexander? Anyway, (laughs) uh, this is an area where nearly everyone is religious and conservative. The town is still covered in pro-Trump and let's go Brandon flags, and the uh, local politics absolutely reflects that Trump cult you talked about this week. Trumpism has basically become the prevailing religion here. The local state representative primary race was a funny compilation, uh, or sorry, funny competition of the two Christian conservative white cis men trying to out-Christian conservative each other with every ad and billboard and yard sign professing their Christianity and their respective devotions to, quote, family values, which in this area is a well-known and praised code for being anti-gay. They also both trot their military service out for all uh, that it's worth. Then they tied in the primary and are in a runoff. So they are, so they stepped up their game to attack ads to try and outright wing each other. I shit you not both claim heavily to not only support Trump, but to have been the quote first local politician to support Trump. And despite both having nearly identical platforms they each accuse the other of a list of scary buzzwords like woke and claiming that the other supports critical race theory, among other scary boogeymen. Uh, it has become a complete circus of who can appeal to the Trump cult the most. Hmm. That's terrifying. This is where we're at. Yeah. That's definitely uh, where we're at. Uh, so 
have fun with that, Alexandra. I hope you enjoy your time there. Yeah, this is uh, not please. This is not democracy working. No, <laughs> this is uh, this is we are we are in the it's it's uh, it's Nazi times. This is this is how this happens. Yeah. Well, thanks for that pick me up, Dan. Well. Blame Alexandra. That wasn't me. <laughs> That's Alexandra writing into us. I'm blaming you, Dan. Okay, fine. Well, uh, maybe on a nicer note, here's another one. Uh, Frank, Hi, Frank and Dan. I was just listening to another podcast, which asked for donations, and it made me give money to you instead. <laughs> which, <laughs> well. I'm not sure how that works, but I think we should do more of it. <laughs> every you guys listeners at home every time a different podcast asks you for money <laughs> donate to us i like this plan i think it's great <laughs> i think we're working so the we the first person that we need to thank today and by the way this is a this is a, a listener from switzerland so that's neat uh, yeah. thank you awesome. celine who celine is now a uh we're we're gonna give you the magic powers of a Deacon uh, in the Mormon church. You are now Beautiful. a Mormon deacon. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. And, and you didn't comes... even have to give them any tithing money. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's uh, even better. A pretty neat, a yeah. pretty neat trick. Lots of rights and responsibilities, Celine. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, do we do we have some other folks to bestow magic powers upon? We do indeed, Dan. We have uh, actually a handful of new uh, patrons on Patreon. Uh, we have two, two new deacons. Uh, we have Alina and Heather. So thank you to the both Wonderful. of you. Uh, we have two new priests by the name of Caroline and uh, Alexandra. Thank you to the Ooh, both of you. It is, it, it's a bevy of, uh, of priesthood having women. Yes. I like it. Uh, except for Alan, uh, who's a new patriarch. Ooh, Alan. So, way to go, buddy. Well done. Uh, and thank you for joining the ranks of our priesthood holding supporters. And as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank. But things have been moving around a lot lately. Oh, ooh, there's moving and shaking happening. And it's Austin again. Austin! So thank you uh, to our Lord and Savior, Austin! Woohoo! If you'd like to join these fine folk, please go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. And stick around, there is more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, uh, we, uh, you know, it's been, a, there's been a lot of like serious feels on this show, mm. uh, this episode. Mm. It's time to talk about something stupid. <laughs> I want to talk about something really dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and that stupid thing <clears throat> that I want to talk about is the new uh, Hulu FX uh, show television program yeah. based on the the hit John Krakauer novel. Oh yeah. Under the banner of heaven. Well, is it a novel? It's a, Oh no, it's a, it's a, it's a historical, it's, it's a, it's a book. It's nonfiction. Yes. It's nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, unless you ask certain of my Mormon friends, in which case it is <laughs> clearly a novel. It's bullshit. <clears throat> um, it, no, it is a, it is a true crime novel that yeah. has as its sort of backdrop Mormonism. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is a, it, it this is a, an event that actually happened. Uh, there was a, 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 a double murder. Horrifying and, uh, murder. 
yeah, a young, really, really young nasty. mom and like uh, baby, a baby. Yeah, yeah. Not not good. Yeah. Not okay. Uh, and fine, fine fodder. I think for a television program. Huh. Uh, this would this would make a great show if you have the right people working on it. Oh God. So I was really excited. I mean, Andrew Garfield's the main character. He's a good yeah. actor, and uh-huh. I I was pretty stoked about this. I like the trailer and, made me excited for it. Like I was like, oh, this, damn, that's a that's a good trailer. Yeah, and you know, people involved were Mormon, mm. uh, including the uh, the show's creator, Dustin Lance Black, uh, yeah. writer of of the uh, acclaimed film Milk. Yeah. Uh, among other things. Got an Academy Award for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, so uh, you know, things were lining up. I was, uh, I was ready to be excited about it. Uh, and then, you know, I didn't get to it until, uh, a, you know, a little ways, a, a few days after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I saw, before it came out, I started to see buzz among uh, some of my Mormon friends that this was not anything recognizable as Mormonism to them. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I was suspicious because a lot of times when Mormons say, that's not my Mormonism, what they're doing is actually just psychologically distancing themselves from the parts of their religion that are very uncomfortable. Right. Uh, And they got those. They got plenty of that. (laughs) <laughs> so I went into it thinking, actually, that's probably speaking well of this thing. I'm probably going to enjoy it even more because it's pissing them off and they are being disingenuous with themselves and, uh, and blah, blah, blah. Turns out this thing is a turd. <laughs> it is such a bad show. It is so badly written. Oh. And, uh, and the portrayals, the portrayal of Mormonism. Which is kind of like what was going to get you and me to the table. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on how Mormonism, because there's actually two kinds of Mormonism portrayed yeah. in this. There's a fundamentalist Mormonism. Uh, these are the guys, the murderers were a crazy fundamentalist sect of yeah. Mormonism, like an offshoot right. nutball and version. Then, and then there's the mainstream Mormons who are just, you know, they belong to kind of a weird religion, but... They're they're just normal people, yeah, right. And but they do have weird little phrasings and that that they have to say, and they might have their stick up their uh, or a stick up their butt about you know swearing and whatnot. Yeah, um, but this is also a police station in a small yeah, town, they, though. I will I will say that. Yeah. Um. So a little defense of like the line where he's like, could you not swear? And the police officer saying to another police officer, please don't swear or something along those lines. And I was yeah. just like, mm, no, mm, absolutely not. Not, a, seems, not at all. And it, it, it's basically like your mainstream Mormon. The, there there's is being presented as borderline fundamentalist. Yeah. As like crazy it, and weird. Like, look, you can, you can find ways of pointing out the weirdness of Mormonism, but for the most part, if you meet a Mormon on the street, unless they like want you to, you're not going to know that they're Mormon. They're not. Yeah. You're disagreeing with me on that. So my, a friend of mine that uh, I grew up with, 
more or less in Oklahoma. She now lives in Washington, D.C., and I've been out to visit her a couple times, not recently, but, you know, sure, a little ways back. We would play a game on the Metro, which was Spot the Mormon. <laughs> and you can. You totally can. Now, if granted, you know, it's D.C., no, uh, if and there you are know a lot what of to look around. for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm saying if you're not, if you didn't grow up with it, if you're not a Mormon and you don't mm. really know Mormonism pretty intimately... Right. It's just some sort of really straight, like maybe a really straight laced person who, right. Yeah. And, and like, you know, not that odd. You and I know how to look for the, the, the goofball Mormon underwear and all of that sort of thing. I will say Mormon grandparents are a little weird. (laughs) I didn't have Mormon grandparents, so I do spot how weird they are. And it might be kind of a generational thing, you know? Okay. As well, maybe like today's Mormon grandparents aren't as weird as I see as Mormon were. grandparents. Yeah, sure. Um, they're, and I will say Mormons, they do things like what's portrayed in this show of like, you know, morning family prayer, family. Pr- we always did family sure. prayer. I, I gather your family didn't really do family prayer that much. No, not really. But it, yeah. de- that's definitely like that's a legit cultural thing yeah that mormons do and religion here's the thing about mormonism and this is what i think makes it really hard for a writer to get right is that religion is really on the surface right it's it's always swimming really close to the surface in in mormon life right and probably fairly broadly you know speaking about mormons in general right like like that's that's a really religions there. They de- they do decorate their houses in pictures of Jesus and yeah. other Mormon, you know, artwork uh, and pictures of like prophets and whatnot. Like that is stuff that is hanging up in their homes. Absolutely. Um, and so I think they got a lot of the set design probably pretty, pretty, pretty right. But it, what is funny is there is not a single shot inside of one of these Mormon homes that doesn't have a picture of Jesus in the background or a picture right. of a temple in the background or like, like it is so heavy and they just layered on so much that it was distracting from also the poorly constructed story. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And then, so. And, and so, and so like if people were to watch this show thinking that they're getting a view into what a Mormon, a, just a, a standard Mormon household is like, yeah, like, People are like they're using the words heavenly father every time they refer to God. Yeah. That's not how Mormons talk. Mormons use that word, the that yeah. phrase heavenly father sometimes, but for the most part, if they're just talking about God, they'll either say God, they'll say the Lord, they'll say, you know, all of these other monikers are just as frequent. Yeah. The Lord being really big, the savior yeah. really big yeah um god i i i don't know i always found that that word was sort of less god used. is less frequent yeah i think you're right but, but where i saw it being funny is where in it's like when dustin lance black sat down to write and he had an impulse to say to for a character to be like oh my lord or oh my god right he would have him say oh my heavenly father 
right. which they don't do. They don't just substitute no Heavenly Father in. Like they would say, "Oh gosh," if they're going to yeah. say anything, it's "gosh," right. or or "Oh my heck." Oh my heck would have been perfectly on brand for Utah Mormons. Absolutely. Um, which which actually makes them seem even weirder than <laughs> "Oh my Heavenly Father." <laughs> And so, but I mean, Dustin Lance Black isn't from Utah. He grew up Mormon, like in Texas or something, right? Right. But he's not from Utah, so he didn't have that. I'm not from Utah, but I've spent a lot of time here. And we know one of the consultants on the show, and he didn't grow up in Utah. So I I just kind of was wondering where the real insider voices were coming from in, in the writing of this thing. And I don't... It, they're they're getting a lot of that cultural stuff really wrong. I, yeah, I will say that, one thing that stood out to me that I really loved, um, sort of an age accurate casting of a fourteen year old um, Joseph Smith for the first vision. It completely right. changes the perception of that moment when the because the church always casts like an eighteen nineteen year old uh, man in right. that role, and it changes the believability or the plausibility, even though it's completely implausible and unbelievable, but there's something about it being a 14 year old where it's just completely, completely dismissible. Yeah. We're talking about the, the, the origin myth of Mormonism here. Oh, yeah. So yep. this guy named Joseph Smith, who's the, the founding prophet of the Mormon church, depending on which version of the story you get, because there were Fair. several different versions that he himself told. Correct. Um, but one of the main ones is that when he was, was that he was visited by an angel when he was 14 years old. Yeah. And that's, that's the beginning of the Mormon church. So yeah. Not um, an angel, heavenly father and Jesus Christ appeared to was him. Origin, the first, vi- the first visit was an angel who said, oh. go, go and meet Jesus and God. Mm, are you sure about that? I thought who the fuck Joseph Smith- cares? <laughs> to be honest, who the fuck cares? I a child <laughs> has a heavenly visitor. Is the story? He goes uh, to the um, sacred grove. He prays, and then that starts all the insanity. Is right. how I remember it. But anyway, well, yeah, the the first one's in his room. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is why the fuck was Joseph Smith included in the under the banner of heaven at all? Because. Well, yeah. While while you and I can draw inferences about that, about like, you know, we're talking about some rituals and some stuff that that does apply to the crime. This is a true crime TV show. Right. That's what this is. And and yes, we need to understand that there's there's sort of sex dynamics at play, uh meaning ge- gender dynamics at play that relate back to Joseph Smith and whatever. They don't make any of that clear. In, in the episode, they right. just literally flash back to this guy. They don't make it under, they don't, they don't clarify who he is, what the significance is. It's literally just what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the big, the big crime of this show isn't the murder that they discuss. It is the writing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it is no, but- so, so bad. You guys, there yeah. are these enormous, don't watch this show. Do right. not watch it. It's terrible. There, there are these enormous uh, info dumps where it's just, yeah. they just dump a bunch of exposition on you as ham-handedly as 
is yeah. humanly possible. Yeah, and then they don't bother to explain entire giant other things. Yeah, it's it's I think there's one problem is just the writing in general, but the other problem is in the adaptation, right? Mm. And 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 so like under the banner of heaven, I I went and I pulled it off the shelf um and kind of skimmed through it to kind of remind myself of it. There there's so much side story in it, right? Like it's not just the story of the Lafferty brothers and right. the the heinous murder that they committed. It is also Whoa, the story. <laughs> it is also uh, the the story of Mormonism and and the Western settlement and um, I forgot about this one. Elizabeth Smart, the story mm. of Elizabeth Smart, and he kind of explains how a lot of these fundamentalists and crazy dynamics played into that incident as well. Yeah. And Krakauer and, and kind so, of explores the idea that, that violence is kind of baked into the cake of Mormonism. Correct. Yeah. On some level. Yeah. And so like, so that's how the book works. Right. Right. But obviously the story that is the story of a television show adaptation should be the story of the murder. Right. right. Especially in its first episode. Don't get all like tangenty on us in the first episode. Yeah. You gotta let us know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. And so like oftentimes I've noticed in these series that have like important backstories, historical and whatnot, that usually comes in like the third, fourth, fifth episode, right? The the show takes a little detour for a minute to get to that stuff that you also kind of needed to know. Not that you always have to follow the established pattern, but if you're going to take tangents in the first episode, you better set them up really well Go with what works. Yeah. But yeah. And, and this just wasn't, it was really sad and it's some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard. Oh They're my God. Bad. It is bad. so, so bad. So a, if you do watch it and we're saying don't, uh, <laughs> Just know that you're actually not getting any insight into Mormonism, despite the fact that they had, you know, people, theoretically people in the room who should have known better yeah. uh, consulting on this thing. Uh, you'll, it, it does, do, it, it's absurd. It's nothing like that. And, and, you know, here's the thing for a guy who does a podcast about that basically is an anti religious, and specifically anti-Mormon podcast. I, I don't like Mormonism. I don't think it's good. I think it's, it's, it's a net negative on society. So you can call me anti-Mormon. Sure. But when you make a show like this mm-hmm. and your anti-Mormon bent is this glaringly obvious. Yeah. And you, and it's so obvious, so clear that you want to make Mormons look bad by making this show. That you have an uh, axe to grind. You're going to lose yeah. all of us. Yeah. I it's know. an agenda-driven show instead of just being an entertaining TV pod show that, uh, that then also, like, we pick up on the fact that, oh, by the way, these people, may, may, maybe, maybe not Mormonism. Yeah, you can't grind your axe that much out in public. You oh got to figure out how you're going to do it. If you're going to do it, you got to be more subtle. Yeah, but I tried you to said, watch. You Ep- said don't watch it. I would say if you're interested, watch it. Just know, just have that caveat that it's 
that it's not a good representation of like Mormonism and well, Mormon life. And I'm warning people not to Utah. watch it because it's virtually unwatchable. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. I literally, I, I tried to watch the second episode. I got 10 minutes in, got so f- mad at the dialogue that I was like, fuck it, no. And I turned it off. <laughs> I'm shocked I made it through the first episode. It is too bad to watch. <laughs> anyway, you got me on a rant. Uh, if you would like to disagree with us, you certainly can. Please do. Uh, you can write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. We're just collecting numbers at this point. And if you would like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, slash members-only. There's something on Discord, something on Facebook. You'll figure it out. That's not just collecting numbers. That's actually a really cool place. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their beautiful music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.